and welcome to the Lean in London podcast. This podcast was created by the Lean in London network for you who are seeking to hear real and honest conversations. In the podcast, we will hear from inspiring people sharing their life lessons with anyone interested in personal development, career progression and everything in between. The aim is to bring you comfort whilst empowering and inspiring you in your daily life, regardless of your experience, background or situation. The podcast will cover professional and personal topics from goal setting to well-being with the help of some amazing guests. The question is, are you ready to lean into the conversation? Hi everyone, welcome back uh, to episode number three. This is an episode to celebrate International Women's Day, which we're very excited about. The theme is about breaking the bias and there are so many bias that we want to break. So as a team, we've discussed and we decided for Roy Sheen, Sophia and myself, Gail, today to discuss what bias do we want to break and what bias did we have to unlearn. So let's get right into it. Sophia, we would love to find out what bias do you want to break? What are you most passionate about and why? Yeah, I mean, it's a very good question. I had to think quite hard about this. Um, it wasn't, it didn't like come naturally to me to think about one, especially not one that is um, gender specific like that. Uh, I think, I think I've broken a lot of biases in other ways, but not in that way. So I, I can't really think of one that I've, I've broken, but in terms of, you know, what I would like to break, I would like to be, um, for example, at work, someone who steps up and talks and being the loud voice in the room and have the courage to, you know, stand up against everyone else, like regardless of who they are, like what level they're on uh, and if they're men or women, essentially. Um, so that's one that I, that I thought about that I could probably... I could probably work on myself. Um, but then part of me is like, I don't know how much that is actually breaking the bias or just like my personality per se, if you see what I mean. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's very interesting. And as a, as a response to your um, question is, I wonder sometimes because women who are um, vocal about their needs and their wants and their opinions are sometimes perceived as aggressive, research have shown. Um, there are sometimes not perceived as, um, you know, open-minded enough or collaborative enough. They are perceived as... Um, like egocentric too, almost. Or like egocentric, yeah. exactly. Too demanding or uh, too pushy, for instance, as well. So these <laughs> are many research that we'll share through posts over the month of March. Um, so maybe subconsciously, do you think that it could be one of the mm. reasons that you're worried about how you might be perceived? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and of course, I, I did know about that, but I, I didn't think think it through. But yeah, mm. I think that makes sense. I think that does make sense. You always hear that, don't you? That, you know, that the woman who is the loudest, no one wants to work with her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think I think it is, though it's maybe it is a personality trait but perhaps maybe more females tend to exhibit it because I also feel in the workplace I become quite apologetic or um if I go to question someone I say sorry before I do it where mm. like ma- my male counterparts would just say it um so I think 
also there was a study done about like how you write an email Mm -hmm. and how females write emails Mm -hmm. compared to how males write emails Mm -hmm. like males are can come across like very direct Mm -hmm. they're like da 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 whereas (laughs) um they they then got a person to delete it and write it as a female and it was like more kind of um I I want to say like flowery language Um, yeah. yeah So I do think. So May I, I, I think, could you please? Mm-hmm. Thank you exa- so much. Yeah, exactly. And I could really relate to that because I felt, oh my god, there's like someone's like hammering me, writing an email. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I think, um, I think it is something that we t- perhaps tend to do more as mm-hmm. as women. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure that that's a bias. I would also like to break in myself. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's very interesting. I think there is also a bias or maybe it's a bias that we learn. So I don't think that when you, you know, come out of your mom's womb, you think I should not be voicing my opinion. I should not be expressing my feelings. I should not, like, I should worry about speaking out first. Um, I think it's something that, we learn in society in work settings as we see in at different seniority level more male than women depending on the work environments depending on the corporation um and i think that when we don't have um what's actually one of our experts uh sophie um says uh founder esther marshall said in one of our ig live she said you need real models, not role models. You need real models. You need real women and men in the work setting that show you different behaviors. And then you, you model those behaviors. And I think if you're in a work environment where you see women who are assertive, speak their mind, voice their opinions, are considered as leaders, and yet have those very um, strong traits of like determination, passion, um, and are not worried about, you know, setting the tone, then I think you don't worry so much about the behaviour that you have to model. Um, and actually, you've just made me think, um, a lot of females that I've seen to have done well have been, like, they can come across aggressive. And what I'd like to break the bias on is actually having a female who's done well, but also is empathetic. I think empathy is a huge thing um, that I would love to break the bias on. You can be a leader, but also be empathetic and not be afraid Mm. of being empathetic and to show it. Mm. Yeah, but still be that strong voice and still be assertive and all these things. I think that's super key, isn't it? Because like you said before, yeah, like when we when we grow up, we are kind of as women, you're you're taught to be the one looking after everyone, taking care of everyone. You know, you're the sister or whatever. It's always the sister taking care of everyone, not the Mm. brother (laughs) and those kind of things. (laughs) So that goes together with the empathy Mm. bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is very interesting because it's a bias that we learn. It's not a bias that, you know, we're born with, for instance. And I do think um, there is another element around generations. So we are all millennials here in this call and um, or recording, should I say. And we have been in a society or we've been raised with our parents telling us, oh, you know, push through get it over with um you're gonna be fine don't think about it you know 
like see things through and those feelings are going to pass whereas i think uh for managing gen z leaders um and then we're going to have the generation alpha coming next the those are generations that do not compromise on their well-being in the workplace they are very tuned into um holistic um like success so like personal and professional blending in together and they do expect managers and employers to be more tuned into their feelings and i think empathy and you know mental health are conversations i have seen as a manager coming through a lot um as a result of covid so that's something that like i've taken um the mental health um first aider um certifications because i felt that i was starting to have conversations with people i was working on projects with um like team members etc um where everybody was becoming more open about their mental health and i you know had this reaction where i thought actually as a as a manager as a leader i need to be more ready to have conversation about feelings where mm-hmm. i'm very empathetic as a person but i was thinking this is like a new level of anxiety people are experiencing and i did not feel equipped at the time to you know know when you have to you know put your um emotional hat on versus your you know let's go and get it <laughs> and let's mm. give it this project hat on yeah that's great so i want to break the bias on mentoring um the reason being is uh i so when i was uh, younger in my first few roles i used to manage um people uh mostly women because i've been working in the beauty industry for like over a decade and i used to think when i um uh, would go on linkedin and see a woman who were mentors um they used to tend to be quite senior like mid 40s quite successful so in um vice president or general manager or managing director positions and i used to think i need to get to a certain level to a certain age to be in a certain corporation to have delivered x y and z over a certain period of time to be able to um appreciate myself skills or feel like i can bring value to the table so i became a mentor like officially in the last 5 years but subconsciously i've been mentoring people for so long um and i why quickly realized from the moment i started mentoring people is that whomever you are whatever age you are you have something to share and you have life lessons that you've learned professional personally and all of those are valuable and actually it's not necessarily like you don't have to work in beauty to mentor somebody in beauty or you don't have to be a managing director to manage a director um i had many situations where you know i've ended up com- like having conversations with my mentees where they would say you know they would teach me about i'm a gen z dad or i'm generation alpha and this is what's happening for me and discovering like a whole new kind of needs and processes that if i was to manage this person ever i would have to like operate some shifts in my behavior and ultimately um i realized that depending on the ages of the people i would manage there would require that emotional coaching or mentoring or 
professional mentoring. And in the end, I never had a moment where when I didn't know I couldn't give some sort of tools because mentoring is also passing on the baton and saying, look, I don't know, but I know somebody who knows. And that's what I'm doing a lot with the people that I manage, sorry, that I mentor um, on a daily basis is I don't know, I don't have the answer, but I know somebody who can help you or this is a good question, let me come back to you. Because mentoring is also about learning learning about yourself. So that's a big bias that I really want to break because whomever you are, you have something to bring to the table, really. Yeah, yeah that's love- really good. Yeah, you go, Roshan. Yeah. No, I was just saying I love that because I ex- think exactly the same. I always felt that you had to, you know, when there comes up in, in work, oh, do you want to be a mentee or a mentor? And I always opt for the mentee category because I'm I always feel I'm inadequate to be a mentor mm. because I haven't I don't have a certain title or mm. I don't have this success. And actually when you I think about it, we do all have like varied life experience and yeah. and that is also important and it's also important to share that with others. Mm. And so I think that's amazing. I love that break the bias. It's yeah a- and like you said I mean it's not just about you like helping them they're helping you as well like Absolutely. it's a it's a two-way street and you yeah. can learn so much from them like I have people in my team who are much older than me have worked for way more years than I have yeah um but you know it we it's almost like a it's a different type of conversation then yeah. uh, like we can still learn from one another and sometimes all you have to do is listen and then yeah. you know s- slowly like they, they realize themselves kind of what they were after all along it's almost like that that conversation gets yeah. them to where they would like to be and there's a moment I think of celebration I um like I I, I did a mentoring program internally within my workplace um last year where I met Tanisha um who's one of our Linin London team members now and um I, I remember at the end when we did a bit of a graduation ceremony for the mentees, um, some people were sharing how being mentees and having mentors within within the program had changed their lives, whether it was studies they had never contemplated, apprenticeship they had applied for that they managed to get thanks to their mentors who was coaching them, not like giving them the mentorship, just coaching them in feeling comfortable, applying, rehearsing the interview, preparing for the pre-work for the interviews. And really, it was a moment where, you know, the, 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 all of those biases that people have against one another or you have against yourself um, just fell apart for a minute. And everyone was very emotional as the mentees were saying what they were grateful for because we very quickly realized that every single mentor had learned something about themselves or felt more fulfilled by the end of the mentorship um, because they felt like whatever they had endured over the years, personal, professionally, had paid off or there was like a kind of return on investment. Um, So that was a very special moment. So do you, um, in terms of biases that you had both of you to unlearn, is there anything that you had to, you know, break that you had and then over time you've unlearned? That's a really good question. Um, 
I think for me, um, the bias that I had in my head was if I wanted to succeed in my field, I needed to become more uh, analytical, more, I'd say, male-associated traits. Mm. And then I, I, I've learned that actually when you become, you own your own gifts and your what you bring, you actually, you know, can perform better in a different way. It may not be the same, but it doesn't mean it's any less. I so. love when you own your own gifts. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, I know I thought about something very similar because I, I work in the software industry and it's a similar thing. I never thought I could do that because I'm not technical at all. But I work in, you know, a technical, in a technical area. Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting because you can still succeed. And to be honest, they're, they're probably stronger with, with you there because mm-hmm. you have a more diverse group at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a really good good one. I like that. Yeah, I had, um, so my one was I started, one of my roles was uh, in a sales environment and I used to model, um, I would say, stereotyped male behaviours. So I started wearing male watches, male perfumes, wearing male suits um, or non, um, you know, no skirts, no dresses to be taken seriously because I was the only woman and I was much younger than my work colleagues um, or my clients at the time. And I remember having to put on that, you know, facade that didn't necessarily correspond to who I was because I felt like I would be taken more seriously. And over time when I dropped the... I don't want to say an act, but it kind of felt like an act because it didn't feel quite natural. Then I realized when I became more myself or embraced more feminine traits that I had, especially working in beauty, um, then I quickly realized that it didn't make a difference to how I was, you know, considered. And it's something that with ladies that I mentor who are younger, whenever they talk about going for an interview or you know, starting a new job and they talk about what kind of outfits they need to wear or they ask about uh, male-dominated environments, like how they should behave to be taken seriously, especially in their first few years of work. I often say, um, this is what I used to do and I recommend that you don't do it because there is this element of you lose a bit of your personality, you don't feel like quite yourself. And without realizing it does, I think, hinder a bit of confidence and and you, you're not never, I think, 100% in the moment because there is this element of I need to remember to say X, Y, and Z, to behave like X, Y, and Z. And you have to be such in control and you have to be so focused and mindful of everything that you do that I think there's a part of authenticity that maybe you lose. Um, so that's definitely a bias that I had to learn and I'm trying to like teach or share with anybody I'm in tour really I think the key takeouts I love that one about breaking the bias and mentoring because you're right you don't have to be a certain age you know be the what is it on paper this is what a mentor looks like who it doesn't it's if you can bring valuable life experience and you're learning like you learn from the mentee and they learn from you 
Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, we'd love to hear what your hashtag break the bias is. So let us know. Thank you for tuning in today. We want to help as many women as possible, so we need your help. Please like, share, and write a review. Tag us on Instagram at Lean in London UK and drop us any questions on hello at leaninlondon.org.uk. We hope to see you soon. Stay safe and have a lovely day.